0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So is Trump the only person these people actually love? That is the question. Let me tell you, I've seen some hats. I've seen some t-shirts. I've seen some flags. I've seen some people scream, let's make a Trump baby. All right, that last part didn't happen yet we are here at cpac the conservative political action conference tony katz tony katz today 833 got tony 833-468-8669 the crowd came later this year and then in previous years i've been here at the moments where you get in the night before and you can't move it was empty it was straight up empty last night and it was shallow this morning only now does it feel like we're in the place where the crowds are coming in and of course the question before us is what is it that we're going to see is this a crowd totally focused on trump or is this a crowd totally focused on beating joe biden i mean that's the that's the question that's where we're at. Now, we're going to find out because we're, we're going to be asking the questions throughout. We also have a lot of, of interviews to get to a lot of people uh, to talk to. What are the subjects? Is it immigration? Is it China? Is it economy? Answer, it's economy. Uh, but how, what is, are, is moving? These are the loudest people. So, so this is part of the ACU. The, the, this is the activist class. What is moving them? What is moving them? How do they get moved? What will they now do with, well, what they take away from here? Will they only be for Trump? Will they go for someone like DeSantis? Is there anybody else who even comes to mind? That's what we're trying to determine. Now, there's a series of things going on, and I do want to get into this. Joe Biden almost laughing uh, re- regarding um, this question about fentanyl and death. Fentanyl killed my kids and it's your fault. (laughs) Let me tell you, you understand where this comes from, right? That, That Joe Biden is an extremely nasty, rude person. His entire history, his entire biography is predicated on this. Being the tough guy, being a guy who wants to throw down, he is a nasty little thug. He is condescending. And this isn't because, oh, you've got a problem with Joe Biden. I can walk you through the history. I have the receipts. I don't have to go back that far. If you don't know if you're going to vote for me or Trump, then you ain't black, is a rude despicable nasty and one can argue violent thing to say certainly it isn't loving it is about attacking somebody in their soul telling somebody they don't actually exist unless they do the thing he says to do that's a low class you know what that's who he is that's who he's always been go back to how he treated clarence thomas in the hearings, uh, the confirmation hearings to put uh, Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court. This seemed like a rational guy to you? This seemed like a decent guy to you? It goes on and on. And this conversation that broke out, the way he discussed children dying of fentanyl, I don't care if they're children in their 20s, it's somebody's kid, that would be the argument. The only conversation about the border that should, that could clearly and should, it clearly, that is clearly bipartisan is, yeah, fentanyl's killing everybody regardless of their politics. And we still do nothing. That conversation has come up more than once already here. I haven't been in the D.C. area 24 hours. It is the most natural place for us to start. It's the most natural place to get headwinds. It's the most natural place for Americans to say, I hate you, but I hate fentanyl more. Super easy. Not done. And Joe Biden's laughing. Joe Biden's laughing out loud. You're going to, what are you going to tell me? He's, 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 he's nicer than Trump. No, he's not. There you go no he's not i don't care what you think about trump anything you say about him might very well be true i'm just saying joe biden isn't nicer he isn't more decent sometimes he could do the loving grandpa thing usually he does the creepy grandpa thing meanwhile we're going to break down the subjects that are being discussed here the border China, a whole host of things. If, if, if I, I had some great conversations this morning, like with KT McFarland, Deputy National Security Advisor to President Trump, I will share that with you as well. We are live at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, presented by Relay Indiana. Uh, you're in for it, people. Well, maybe I'm in for it. I'm on Radio Row, which I will describe to you because it's a freak show. I'm Tony Katz. So we got to talk about security.
1: That's the only thing to talk about right now.
0: We got to talk about security. We have to talk about how we are ensuring a safe and stable society. We have to ask ourselves, is that a security risk that we're talking about for China? Is that a security risk we're talking about for the southern border? Is that a security risk that we're talking about when we talk about Cybersecurity or is it all the way around? Tony Katz good to be with you Trevor Loudon joins us right now You can Hi, find Tony. his work over there at Trevor Don't let me do the intro
1: Trevor. Sorry. Let Tony. me
0: do my job. Let's you sound assume like, you sound
1: like Don Rickles Let's assume
0: all right hockey puck that I that was hey, a Don hey, yeah. Rickles. That was pretty good. That was pretty good on the fly, sir. that uh, I do good at the at the intros and you do good at the conversation? I'm, I'm, a I'm, series I'm, I'm humbled. Of, of books uh, that, that you have written that we can get into. You can go to TrevorLowden.com. When you break down the security conversation, as you have done in throughout your career, breaking down what is it that we're discussing when we're discussing security as a whole? are you more bothered by the southern border's lack of security are you more bothered by china and they're trying to break down our security whether that be uh through kinetic means or, or or others what moves you as hey this is
1: area number one of problem look the most obvious thing is the southern border that's 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 existential but what i say is this because the ccp the chinese communist party has so many of their people in our government, in our Congress, in our Senate, in our our government departments, plus their radical groups on the ground who are, are working to keep the borders open, none of this could happen without the CCP influence. The CCP is working in our Congress and with their radical groups on the ground to keep the borders open because they are bringing in millions of new Democrats, they're bringing in undercover operatives, they're bringing in saboteurs, they're bringing in all sorts of enemy agents to deal a fatal blow against the United States. The border is absolutely existential, but it's only being enabled because the CCP has so many people inside our government.
0: So now, this goes along with some books that you have about security risk senators. Uh,
1: Yeah. Arizona,
0: Massachusetts, Michigan to Virginia, Uh, you've got it in, in, in two parts. Yeah. This is what people hear when you say that, Trevor. Oh my gosh, there's this guy on Tony Katz's show who thinks that the Chinese totally own members of the Senate. How is that any different than Ilhan Omar saying that uh, Israel pays off members of Congress because it's all about the Benjamins? How do you square the circle?
1: Well, it's a matter of scale. A. Israel's an ally of ours. So yes, yes, I'm sure Israel does things maybe they shouldn't do from time to time, but they're trying to defend their country and they are allied to us, so I'll say that for a start, but the scale of the CCP would be 50 to 100 times anything that Israel could possibly imagine. You know, Israel is a country of a few million people with a limited budget. The CCP has 1.4 billion people with the world's second largest economy. If you if you were Xi Jinping, put it this way: If you were Xi Jinping and you wanted to bring down America, and he does, would you want to risk a few billion, a multi-billion-dollar trade war which might rebound on you? Would you want to risk a multi-trillion-dollar shooting war before you are ready, or would you rather spend three or four billion dollars buying up about thirty or forty American senators and congressmen to do your dirty work for you? What would be the better investment?
0: Talking to Trevor Loudon, go to trevorloudon.com, L O U D O N. In your view, because again, it, it, it's, it's not that I don't disagree, that we often see members of Congress and people in, in media engage in a conversation about China that doesn't seem to be rooted in a rational thought, it seems to be rooted in some level of something else when you utilize the term bought and paid for now maybe i'm utilizing the term i don't want to put words in your mouth maybe you agree with it how do you believe that works what have you seen in that that gets people to be very kind considerate loving and deferential which is really what we're talking about to china and communist chinese interests
1: okay it's just two facets well the chinese have compromised america with four ways money ideology compromise and ego. Now, they get the Democrats through ideology and money because many of the Democrats have communist backgrounds. Judy Chu from Southern California, for instance, who's the CCP's agent in Southern California, came up through the Communist Workers' Party. She was deeply involved in a pro-Chinese communist organisation for many years. She's still involved in the Committee of 100, which is Communist China's main... um, influence operation in America. So, Diane Feinstein was a communist at Stanford University. She uh, worked with the Russians, then she started working with the Chinese, and she brought China into the World Trade Organization, which turned China from a fourth-rate power into a first-rate power. She's responsible for the billions of dollars we have to spend every year to defend ourselves from an enemy that she helped to create. And she, assert, she was the head of the, she was the chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, while she had a Chinese spy on her staff for 20 years, and when he was exposed, she said, Oh, he was my driver." Right, he was the he, chauffeur. He was her office manager. He was a liaison with the Chinese consulate, and he was getting Defence Department documents across his desk, right? But nothing happened. The right they get through money. You look at Mitch McConnell who's done everything he can to sabotage MAGA candidates in the Republican Party and elevate rhinos. He spends all his money in Alaska and Nevada and other places sabotaging MAGA candidates because he knows MAGA candidates are China's biggest problem in this country. So
0: you're, you're saying MAGA, you're saying Trump candidates.
1: Yeah. Look, Trump was the biggest enemy of communist China they were super worried about him he was working with the indians the taiwanese the japanese and the australians to basically strangle out the ccp if he got another term he would have put the ccp out of business and that would have been a massive uh, boon
0: right there sir
1: yeah well that would have been a massive boon for the world you imagine all that energy in china actually all that entrepreneurship all that culture channeled towards good rather than evil they had to take Trump out. You know, biological warfare, the Chinese-inspired Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is a Chinese operation. You know, all of it was designed to get rid of so the So here's
0: where it gets fascinating, talking to Trevor Loudon, L-O-U-D-O-N, TrevorLoudon.com. The idea that it's a Chinese operation, that's not as clear as... It has roots in Marxism and trying to upend capitalism, which the Communist Chinese favor. Those are two very different conversations, no? Well, uh, uh, uh,
1: exactly, but I'll give you the evidence. The China, the, the, in San Francisco, there's an organization called the Chinese Progressive Association. It is China's representative in San Francisco. It's a big voting registration organization. You can't get elected in San Francisco without it. The head of that organization was a young man called, um, uh, I just forgot his name, Alex, Alex Tom. Alex Tom is best friends with Alicia Garza, the the, the woman who started Black Lives Matter. Alicia Garza worked with the Chinese Progressive Association. This is a Chinese operation. They set up another group called Asians for Black Lives, which wrote wrote the Black Lives Matter manual, and they introduced the Black Lives Matter people to their networks all around the country. Alex Tom had people in China, he has deep ties to the Chinese consulate. He boasts that he works in the interests of China to defend China. He set up, helped to set up Black Lives Matter. When Ferguson, Missouri was burnt in 2014, some of Alex Tom's friends came from China directly into Ferguson to help with the rioting. You know, I can give you chapter and verse on this. But Black Lives Matter is run by a group called Liberation Road. It used to be called the Freedom Road Socialist Organization, and it's China's main American Communist Party. They've got direct links at every level with the Chinese.
0: The reason I ask the question the way I do is because when it is heard, as you first deliver it, it is very easily dismissed talk. You experience this all the time oh sure the chinese aren't everything (laughs) it is the breakdown that is so tremendously important now it is i could argue with you on a piece here i could argue with you on a piece there i don't argue on the the idea that we are dealing with an enemy that is their existence is predicated on our destruction and that's the conversation yep where does it come from it isn't just a bit of talk it is in their policy it is in their documentation their objective is our destruction not their own success
1: but our our failure so break that down look the chinese have the chinese communist party has huge internal problems economically population wise agriculture wise etc There's a a book that was put out about 20 years ago called Unrestricted Warfare, written by two Chinese People's Liberation Army Colonels. And they openly stated, our goal is the conquest of America and the occupation of America's farmland by our people. We need their land. We need their space. We will not survive as a nation unless we expand and there's nowhere else to go. Siberia is too cold and desolate. We need the farmlands of America. And the opener said, this is a shame because America has been good to us, but this is the survival of our nation at stake, the survival of our system.
0: I have a long made the argument here, talking to Trevor Loudon, Trevor Loudon, L-O-U-D-O-N, TrevorLoudon.com, uh, that it is well within the rights of the United States of America to prevent land sales to members of the Communist Chinese mm-hmm. Party to prevent land ownership to members of the Communist Chinese Party, to prevent business ownership in the United States to members of the Communist Chinese Party. And sometimes in these conversations you get met with very loud derision. And then sometimes you get met with an eerie silence as if you've come across something that they know they're supposed to oppose. They're just not sure how to oppose it, except to scream that you're a jingoist or something like that talk to me
1: well look you know the the free traders will say um, unless we drop try unless we drop borders to trade tanks will cross those borders A complete fallacy it's complete rubbish look Trump had the right idea you protect American industry you protect American interests you recognize the CCP as an enemy organization you know Adam Smith the father of the free market was very clear about borders, and he was very clear about national security and the fact that free trade should never, never trump national security. But the chi- and we understood that in America for a very long time. We had our own industry. We had steel mills in the Midwest. We understood World War II taught us that a great industry was what was needed to, to fight to fight tyranny. The right. building a victory ship every day. Kissinger, and Kissinger sold Nixon on the idea: let's give it all to China, and we'll ease them away from the Soviet Union. And they never eased away. I'm up they against the
0: clock. They never eased I'm up against yeah. the clock. Find out more there. We'll get back to this sometime soon. Keep it here. This Thank is you, Tony, Tony Katz today. Here at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. 833 got tony 833-468-8669. Earlier today here at CPAC, presented by Relay Indiana, I had the chance to speak with Gordon Chang. Now, Gordon Chang is an expert on China. And, well, really what the level of threat that China is, and I got to admit, it was, I, I actually thought Gordon was angry. Because his, his dissection of the threat that is China, how palpable and real it is, and how few people are really assessing it properly to him, is shocking. Listen. As we discuss the border being a main topic going on at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, none is greater than China. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Gordon Chang joins us right now. Gordon G. Chang, C-H-A-N-G on Twitter. He's the author of The Coming Collapse of China and The Great U.S.-China Tech War. And Gordon, it's good to see you. Is the fight that Americans should worry about, a tech one or a physical one, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, is the fight inevitable?
2: The, nothing is inevitable, Tony, but with the drift and the momentum now, yes, it looks like the fight will be a kinetic war and across the board struggle with China. It doesn't have to be a kinetic war, um, but we know the Chinese are preparing for one. Um, Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, picked his war cabinet in October. He's sponsoring the biggest military buildup since the Second World War. He's trying to sanction-proof his regime, and most ominously, he is mobilizing China's civilians for war. And really what this means is that we have an administration that doesn't want to acknowledge any of that, which means we're not preparing to defend ourselves which means that this is a disaster of historic proportions on the way.
0: But when you use the term kinetic, just so we're all on the same page here in terms of the terminology, you mean an actual physical fight it out kind of war. Most often when we hear these things, we hear about the further push for hegemony uh, in in the region. This is why they go after Taiwan, why they build out the Spralty Islands, things like that. We hear about cyber warfare, attacks on power grids, attacks on on, on not only electric grids, but on oil and, and things like that. When you say kinetic, sir, you're talking about an actual fistfight.
2: Yeah, World War II, you know, that type of thing. Um, China has a doctrine of unrestricted warfare, which means that they can use any tactic they believe that, that will pre- make them prevail in a long-term struggle with or without a kinetic war. And they've actually declared a people's war, quote-unquote, on us. May 2019, People's Daily, the most authoritative publication in China did that. When People's Daily speak, it's China speaking. And we Americans, we don't want to acknowledge that. But we know that China is killing Americans. So, for instance, China is behind the fentanyl gangs. In a total surveillance state, China knows exactly what's going on they um, the Chinese state banks launder money for the fentanyl gangs Chinese diplomats support the fentanyl gangs you know when we have the numbers for last year it's gonna be more than 80,000 Americans have died from doses of illegal Chinese fentanyl that is murder the Chinese regime wants Americans to die so we're not acknowledging that when we have all these discussions that, you know Biden talks about fentanyl he doesn't mention the word China He's not defending the United States. He's failing to discharge his most important and solemn constitutional duty, which is to defend the American people from foreign attack. He won't acknowledge the foreign attack.
0: Talking to Gordon Chang, find him on Twitter, Gordon G. Chang, C-H-A-N-G, author of The Coming Collapse of China and The Great U.S.-China Tech War. This brings us into a conversation about COVID, and of course we saw the Energy Department saying low confidence, which doesn't mean they don't believe it, it's actually a massive step up from what they were saying before. We saw Christopher Wray of the FBI say it is highly likely this leaked from a lab, yet we have people saying that to say so is of course nonsensical, you have no proof of this. I'm one of the people who states I think it clearly leaked from a lab based on what we know but wasn't necessarily purposely leaked as a bit of bioweapon. In your view, a man who studies this more than I do, was COVID a bioweapon? In, 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 I mean, the, it, it sounds madness, but it is a serious question. The answer,
2: the answer is yes. Um, w- we know that it leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. We don't know whether it was engineered or whether it was a stored pathogen. Um, and that's a long discussion. Um, but there's one thing that we know 100%, Tony, Hundred percent, we know that once this disease got out into the Chinese population, however it happened, Chinese leaders decided that they were going to spread it beyond their borders. We know that they lied about contagiousness for at least three weeks in January 2020, maybe even longer. And then while they were locking down their own country, uh, and lockdowns are controversial, but by locking down their own country, they thought that this was an effective way to stop disease. While they were locking down their own country, they were pressuring other countries to take arrivals from China without travel restrictions.
0: So the argument is, and it becomes it becomes a much more duplicitous conversation, because at the first it's like, no, they didn't release it to attack the world. But once it was leaked, not only did they not do anything to stop it, they worked to protect themselves while hurting others. That's the argument. And they lied
2: to others so they wouldn't protect themselves. They told, for instance, um, the World Health Organization. They told uh, Robert Redfield, who was then the head of our CDC, right. that this was not transmissible. They knew it was highly contagious. What, is, what could have been the possible purpose of doing that? That's to make sure the U.S. did not protect itself. So this is murder. That's 1,120,000 Americans that have died from this disease, according to Johns Hopkins. Now, we can argue about the number, but anything over zero is too many.
0: Uh, before I let you go, sir, I only got about 45 seconds uh, left. Um, is there any level of bipartisanship that comes with this new committee on China to actually deal with the threat that is China? Um, we see bipartisan awareness of the
2: problem. Um, when we see them actually start to produce legislation, that's when we'll know. I think that there will be, but um, you know, at this point,
0: um, I, we just have to see. Gordon Chang, author of the book The Coming Collapse of China, you can find that wherever fine books are sold, on Twitter Gordon G. Chang, C-H-A-N-G sir, always a pleasure I Thank appreciate you, so you taking the time yeah I do, I, I appreciate Gordon Chang quite a bit, now it's seemingly out of character for me the, the, those interviews the the interview with Gordon Chang the interview with, um, with Trevor Loudon because it sounds like i have officially played into the conspiracy theorists no part of that is true that's the toughest part of this conversation in, as a whole is that to discuss what china's doing one of the things you have to do is accept the fact that movies are real that all the things that are duplicitous, all of the ways things are being engaged, engaged the way money is being spent, that is happening. The organizations, the outfits. Uh, p- picture the amount of time you spend, um, let's say, uh, uh, preparing um, a vacation for your family. You're gonna take the family on vacation. You're going to go on vacation. Picture the amount of time you spend on that vacation. You got to figure out where you're going to go. And then you got to figure out the hotel. And then you got to figure out the car rental. And then are the kids going to stay in the same room? Because they get to an age where they can't share the sofa bed. And you got to get them another room. And then you got to figure out is it a car? Is it an SUV? Then where are you going to go? What is that budget going to look like? What can you use from the cheap? What is going to cost you money? Is it going to be a resort? Is it going to be an Airbnb? What kind of flights are we going to go? Economy? Are we going to sit in first class. The kids sit in economy. They're too young to sit by themselves. That's okay. There's somebody else's problem for the flight. And you go through that whole thing. Picture the amount of time you spend on it, now picture that there are teams of people into the thousands of people who spend every waking second of every waking minute, of every waking hour, of every waking day, of every waking week, of every waking month, of every waking year, focused on how to defeat the United States if you aren't willing to accept as the de facto baseline that that is actually happening then there is no way for you to fully comprehend or begin to fully comprehend what it is that China is doing you simply can't do it and to do it requires you Almost as you are John Galt talking to D'Arconia, you just have to accept the fact that it is. And no matter which way you turn and no matter how many tears you shed, this is the way it is. That is an unbelievably negative thought. That is a holy crap, I better start drinking all the bourbon kind of thought. That is a, well, you know what, I don't even have to make a will, it won't matter, kind of thought. That's how awful it is. And so we, as Americans, with a fundamentally different cultural view, one that is hopeful, we say, nah, and then we go about seeing what the Kardashians are doing. That's what we do. That's how we move. It is not that we're not serious people, it's that our system is based on an idea that everybody's normal. And when it came to education, we realized what was happening in schools to our kids, and we realized, wait a second, maybe not everybody is normal. We got outraged, and for being outraged, we got called domestic terrorists. That happened in the United States amongst people who haven't spend, spent decades trying to figure out how to destroy the nation. Imagine what people are doing who have spent decades trying to figure this out. When I discuss the idea that we should not allow members of the Communist Chinese party to own land in the United States or to own businesses in the United States, I am not trying to be strident or flip. Or glib I'm not trying to engage a level of shock value I am stating to you that maybe possibly just a little bit more than you I have thought about this and it is a choice between us or them and I'm choosing us and I am choosing the American way of life I am choosing the Liberty uh, Society the Liberty Civilization And I'll do it unabashedly. And the pseudo intellectual, the one, the elitist, the snob, the one who likes to look down on you, will say, and I'm quoting here, oh, Tony. (laughs) And they will never answer the question. They'll just laugh. And they'll laugh just like that. (laughs) They actually go to school to learn that laugh. (laughs) I saw it on a YouTube video that's since been taken down how to make the laugh like an elitist snob. And they will never, ever engage honestly with you I'm engaging honestly China is that big of a problem and they do see us as the enemy and that's unavoidable I'm Tony Katz here at CPAC the Conservative Political Action Conference out of DC Tony Katz Tony Katz today Logan Raddick of Newsmax joins us right now uh and you cover things on the hill but you happen to have done the reporting directly from east palestine the site of the train derailment versus it's good to see it's been a while um we hear about people having voice issues having respiratory issues having other issues you were there is it as bad as they're saying worse better what's your take
3: Well, Tony, first of all, good to be with you. Uh, And in terms of what's going on in East Palestine, these people are definitely suffering. Now, I was reporting there about three weeks or less after the derailment, so there was that buffer zone in terms of uh, what was going on with the air quality and the water. We still saw some contaminants in the water. Um, But the first full day I was there, there was a press conference, and that's where people really started to lose their faith in the government, and here's why they're saying the air is clean, the water's clean. It's not just the Democrats and the Biden administration, it's also the Republican Governor Mike DeWine in Ohio. But then you have the EPA Administrator Michael Regan say, we have not yet tested for dioxin. And that is one of the chemicals that people were incredibly worried about. So we right now have a government telling people that they are safe in East Palestine when they have not yet tested for all the When was
0: that? You mean when Mike DeWine, was, the governor of Ohio, was drinking the water with Michael Regan, the EPA administrator, saying it was that Drink day. the water? It was
3: that day. They admitted they hadn't done certain tests? For dioxins. Exactly. And that is one of the toxins that people were so concerned about. And you mentioned the voice changes. There's that story that the New York Post picked up The Mickey this Mouse guy voice. Sounding like Mickey Mouse. And, and you know. I had a little bit of a headache when I was there, but granted, this is about three weeks after the fact, so the people that are most concerned are the ones that were there the night that that controlled explosion happened. But the other problem, too, the overall consensus there was that what happened with that one-mile evacuation radius it should have been even more. It should have been 10 it miles, have been a 20 greater. miles, because there's people in western Pennsylvania who are concerned. There are people even near the Youngstown area who are concerned. Uh, they would have gotten out of there if they'd known that that was what they should have done. And the fact that they only evacuated one mile, uh, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered.
0: Got about a minute talking to Logan Raddock, a reporter at Newsmax. Um, you're talking to the people there in uh, East Palestine. And you just brought up the idea of lack of faith in government how did that come up to you because you asked questions about it or did that come up to you uh, unprompted that we we have issues we don't trust anything we have no idea what's going on it was
3: a mixture of both when you drive into the town this is a town that is predominantly Republican and there's a sign that says no more DeWine so this is not you know a partisan issue they don't trust the Republicans they don't trust the Democrats but it also came up in conversation when I asked about Donald Trump visiting the fact that he was the first major figure he brought 13 pallets of water and other supplies and I asked about Pete Buttigieg I said hey he's coming tomorrow what do you think of that they said we don't even want him here he's waited about three weeks what's his visit actually gonna do and they said the same thing about President Biden who we know has not been there yet right. uh, but they think that these visits really won't do much. The reason that they liked Trump there was, number one, a lot of Trump supporters, and number two, he actually brought them water, which they needed. And by the way, the drives that are happening with people giving out water and supplies, the amount of supplies increases every single day. And you have companies like Goya, Walmart, and Amazon that are partnering with that community. And the crazy thing, too, Tony, is the people that are suffering, the people that have the vocal issues right now, they're still volunteering to help their community. They're going there, they're handing out waters to the elderly and to their neighbors. And what you're seeing is a really resilient community. But the fact that it took so long for the government to respond is a travesty. Logan Raddick, Newsmax, I appreciate you taking uh, the
0: time. I know you're busy uh, shooting uh, some stuff. and. Uh... Hopefully we'll get you back on soon, man. Great to see you, Tony. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Live from CPAC, presented by Relay Indiana, RelayIndiana.com. Thank them for sending us out here. This is Tony Cox today.